something. Don't advertise where it's from. No, I will not. But I will tell you, I will tell you, I was at a place today and it was very cold. Yes. And I had some shorts on in New Jersey and I said, that's it. I'm going to buy a pair of tracksuit pads and a jacket. And this is part of it. Right. Okay. Just let me know when you get tired of it. Anywho, <laughs> we have... Thank you, but thank you, thank you. Yes, I am. I have gone away and I've come back ready to recreate. Oh, wow. Well, you want to recreate this portal and introduce us? Uh, yes, why don't you introduce us? <laughs> <laughs> First off. We have Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello. Then we have Pastor Tony Cassis. Hi, everyone. And then we have Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. We're home. <laughs> We'll be calling you Master Cassis. Uh, yes. <laughs> Excuse Pastor me. Pastor Tony. You can't be the doctor, Cassis. You're We're just a master. Uh, wow. Master Pastor Cassis. Some may oh, call don't you doctor. get on his case. <laughs> Some may call you doctor, but you shall call me master. Yes, I oh. love that joke. I remember that, that one. That was a good joke. And you shall call him master. Oh. Yeah. We have Jesse that's joined us too. <laughs> Another one. Yes, there you go. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. How you doing? Keep pursuing, Jess. Oh, oh prophetic. Here we go. Mm, All right, Shania. Bring us you in. know what? Bring us in. Bring us in. We're we'll being wild on this stage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're laughing too much in the production room at the back. Ah, you know what? So See, you know. I'm distracting. Wild. Everything, nothing's wild. happening back here, guys. We're just having a show. If you know, then you know. Anywho, I'm Shanann East, and of course, I am your host of tonight's festivities in this portal called Portals. She's the host with the most. She's brilliant at what she does. Oh, thank you. To sit up here with us three and have I'm a gift. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm already you, sweating. You have a gift. I am sweating now. I can and feel. And she's got a sore ankle from having what fun. did you do going on to the playroom i was in my playroom no you weren't 
<laughs> okay, okay. I was in New Jersey as well. And I did not know New Jersey had an indoor water park with sure an indoor has. roller coaster, with indoor skiing, with indoor rink. It's it a whole fun. mall of indoor festivities that yes. were really, really fun. It was good and refreshing. And you could yes. walk around without a mask. Oh, you could, and you didn't have to take And you don't a need to be questioned. Ugh. Right. You don't have to show ID. So if you guys are looking for a great escape, I recommend it. But if your ID is on your arm, yeah. you just don't even have to show that. Oh, wow. You know what? She She's talking in code. It. She needs to go on to open eyes. I know it. She's she been away I'm too long. I'm busting to get to open eyes. Okay. I have good news. She does. <laughs> so, yes, we had an amazing time and I just walked around and got on some rides it was cool refreshing everybody was gathered in a space and everybody was having fun so if you are looking for a new place to take your family or friends I recommend it I highly recommend sure it is. save the money up to take the trip because it's only 20 minutes it. from the city yeah. and it, was it is definitely it was worth, worth it. it and pastor and I did the big dipper uh, no. Yeah, Karen made them go on the oh. roller coaster four times. <laughs> oh, wow. Karen wow. is a daredevil. She is. I'm going to be truthful. She's not scared of You right. put me in woman. front. Yeah, we, the guy <laughs> put you in front. Yeah, I'm heaviest. you didn't stop him. I had to go in the back because I was the heaviest. And wow. so he tells me as we're going up, Mum, it's going to drop hard. So the moment I didn't get time to get my breath, no. I just said, Jesus, get me through this. You could hear too. everybody hearing me. She was screaming Jesus quite a lot. Quite a lot. Uh, then we had little Zeke here. Oh, my gosh. Zeke in the waves. He was just having a ball. So yes, <laughs> you've got to so see it, Sydney. He was getting knocked over and getting back up again. Yep, he was he conquering was those waves. getting yes. knocked over and getting back up again. <laughs> oh, we have lots of pictures and videos. We just have to post okay. them, unfortunately. Yep, the we'll send them to Sydney, we to family and to everyone. Definitely. But while we were away, because we want to get back on track, yes, we've Help been seeking us. the Lord about where... We need to go with our church and inputting them for what is next. And um, it's not coincidental that pastor's uh, seminar is this Saturday because it comes right after the shift of prophetic seasons. I said September 11th. We literally transitioned right after September 11th. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking a lot about personal obedience. Mm. Yep. And um, even last night, the Lord had the Holy Spirit, sorry, the Holy Spirit had Pastor Wendell share on, you know, personal obedience when it comes to purity. But Pastor and me were talking and I'm, I'm writing my papers for my, my doctorate. And um, one of the statements that came up in the paper and it just hit me like a really, really strong, strong, like landing in my spirit. Um, and you... The, the author says, unless we're reading the word of God and unless we're going to church with the mindset, Here now catch go. this, the mindset, catch this, every single day of applying truth 
that we read, that we hear, unless we do it with that mindset, when you read the Bible, it's a very, very blatant statement, but I think it's very, very well said. You're engaging in spiritual voyeurism. Mm. And what that means is you are reading someone else's life's vulnerability for the sake of reading it, uh. not for the sake of learning and applying it. That means you're reading the accounts of Jesus with his father. You're reading the accounts of the disciples and the apostles and the faith barriers that they had to break through, just like a newspaper. It's got to be read with the intention of applying every single thing you read. Now, a voyeurist is someone that gets pleasure from watching other people suffer and go through pain. There's two, there's two versions. There's a sexual voyeurism where you can get pleasure from watching someone else expose themselves or there's watching someone else expose themselves in vulnerability. And a lot of the church is still in this state of where we read and where we take in what the Holy Spirit is showing us, but it's just like we have no intention of applying it. And so, Pastor, those people that we should be seeing mm. from the past are up in heaven yeah. and they're barracking for us to make it through. So it's a privilege to be able to be a part of their journey yeah. by allowing these stepping stones that they went through, that they put down this, those stones so that we could step to the next. Yeah. And it, this is so important, guys. So very important. When God gives you an example of someone's struggles in the Word of God, it's not for you to throw up and down and choose and juggle. It's for yep. you to start moving in action. Yep. And the key here is that um, the application, the mindset of applying it is the thing that the Holy Spirit is requiring. You can read an account of the Gospels, you can read an account of Jesus's life and his own, you know, communications with his Father. But the crunch time comes when we are put in these moments, I'm gonna be real straight, because I'm rested, so I'm ready to go there. When we're put in these moments, do you bind and loose? Do you cast down the imaginations? Do you go to that resort before you go to throwing a mood? Like, do you believe that you're by your stripes you're healed? Because otherwise you're just reading it with no intention of applying it. And the Lord is getting us to the point where he's saying to his church, he won't let us read his word anymore and not apply it. Because now his word will stand as a witness against us. Wow. And this is important. This is important. And this is, this is a strong word. It's a strong it, one. It it's is. It's not a hard word. It's a strong one. But it's one. a strong one because it comes with responsibility. And that will lead to true repentance that will bring action in your life. Now, would you just think about this for a minute? If God chose 
to put your life in that situation, you would want to think that somebody is reading it and will benefit from it. But we haven't been treating the Word of God like that. We have not. We have been choosing what we take out of it and what we leave. And this, this word that Nate brought forward, Pastor Nathan brought forward, I hadn't heard that word before, the actual word itself, but it makes absolute sense because that is what the Lord's been speaking to me about. This is now brings a responsibility and that responsibility will bring repentance. And as a result of that repentance, action will happen. We cannot say to the Lord anymore, I'm sorry. We cannot say to people who have laid their life down as martyrs, I'm sorry. We can't do that anymore. We cannot. We need to repent because they chose for God to use them as the example either to follow or not to follow. What do you say, Pastor? Absolutely true. Go ahead, hit that one. I think that we have to understand when we learn, you know, a scriptural principle, I want to get this into our heads. It stays as information until we apply it. Amen. It only becomes revelation when you make it real for your life. And until you allow the Holy Spirit to transfer it from information to revelation, you are not communing with God. You're knowing of God and not knowing God. Yeah. Because it's not real for you. Because unless you can apply by his stripes I'm healed to my situation, then it's just like reading a book in the library, an account of something that happened. It's a history book. And it's not a revelation. It becomes, the Bible becomes a history book, not his story. Yeah. And this is really important because as we're going to be talking in the coming seminars and season casting, there is a real move of God on the word repentance. And repentance is going to be needed in 2022. To get the real you, you're going to need to repent. All right, because we've been talking about what version do you see? You know, your daily version of yourself. You know, for years I heard the, I've heard the, the, the saying, die to self, die to self. And I've always thought, okay, yeah, I did abiding and that was mind-blowing. But then when I was learning through Kingdom Emotions, okay, what am I dying to? I'm dying to the version that I would have live. Yeah. Not the version that he would have live. So the, the, even the best version of me has to die because it's not his version of me, you know? And he saw a version that he created before time began. And so a lot of accessing that, which I believe the Holy Spirit's been showing us while we're away, is there's going to be a move of God on repentance, true repentance to get that's my the real word version. That's coming forth on Saturday. Yeah. Because this is a part of getting 
your soul back. Amen. Not just calling it back, but you need to do a, a total 180. You know, because I said something last night, Pastor Wendell was talking about, you know, ancestral curses and ancestral and generational stuff. And I've been learning a lot about generational sins. I've been learning a lot about sexual unions and how even when you have been in sexual union, unless you get your soul back, this is a big statement, but you're going to really, really need to hear it. Unless you get all of your soul back, the person that you once were in union with could be sick and you could be getting sick because of that very thing. Because you haven't got all of you back and the enemy still has legal ground to attack you and pull on that kind of string, wow. soul tie. So wow, you could be saying, where are you going there? You could be saying, hang on, why am I always getting sick? Why am I always fighting these symptoms? Well, if you've had partners in the past and you haven't got all of you back from those partners, they still have claim to your soul, which still has claim to control your body. So we were even just ministering to one of our, our members over the weekend while we were on our staycation. The Lord had us minister. But generational curses can be broken. But I said something last night and the Lord put it straight in my spirit because I've been learning about epigenetics and, you know, less than 1%, less than 1% of all disease is genetic. Less than 1%. So the doctors will say, oh, you know, you've got this in your family, you've got this and that. 99% of every kind of disease is environment and emotional state. So less than 1% is genetic. Wow. So yes, we have ancestral curses. Yes, we have ancestral things that we need to clean up. But how do we do that? Your personal obedience will cancel ancestral disobedience. And that's, that's the power of you applying what God is saying to you right now. You can break the cycle right now. Yes, you need to renounce. Yes, you need to break the soul ties. Yes, you need to, you know, say the prayers and go through those things. But personal application, you can break the cycle by just yielding to the Spirit right now. And I think getting back to this subject, our problem has been that we have separated ourselves from those in the Word of God. Yes. We have separated ourselves from that. And we have thought, this could not help me because my situation is different. But the Bible clearly says there is nothing new under the sun. All has been done before. And so this is, go ahead, this is so important because why has the Lord put it there as an example of what to do and what not to do? Because it's your handbook. It's your handbook. It's not your history lesson. It's your handbook of his story. And your story is involved with his story. Pretty powerful first segment, I would say. <laughs> we went straight for it. 
I would say. You want to take a breath? <laughs> uh, right? I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to say. So, guys, yeah, just communicate with leadership in the, uh, the comment section and tell us how you're going. Unfortunately, oh, lovely Facebook is acting up on my end, so I can't quite see them. But Dr. Robin can see I can things see and Pastor Tony as well. So we're just going to let them keep going. They're on fire. They're on a roll. They're rested. So I'm going to rest while you guys. Go for it, Pastor. There's a, there's a lot of thumbs up. A lot of likes to what we're saying. Yes. So we're, we're touching a heartstring on this subject. Right. Um, I've often fallen into that trap of reading Old Testament and New Testament stories and concepts and not applying it practically in the day. Mm. You know, you should always come out of your prayer time, your, your um, devotional time, with a revelation from the scripture, from the spirit, on what the Lord wants to achieve in you for that day. Mm. It really is life-giving. It really is. It makes you feel like you're going forward. You're not idle. If you have like a, a goal for the day that you know the Lord is going to speak into, mm-hmm. and everything that occurs during that day is going to be touched by that, that revelation and yep. concept. Mm. And you will, you will literally feel the life of God coming into you because you're fulfilling what he showed you as a revelation. Yeah. You know, you'll be continuing saying, oh, this is what you meant when you said to me this morning or this evening, this is the word for the day. Mm-hmm. And we need to do that. Yeah. That's, that's being a real Christian and not a, not a theoretical Ooh. Christian. Because we all fall into the theory trap. Yeah? And we do our judgments because of the theories we know, not because of the experiences we have with God. Okay? That's really important. It's so important. It's the next thing that God wants to say to clean up the church. It's the next thing. We read everything and make it a part of our lives. Every romantic novel, every detective story, every movie, everything. But when it comes to the Bible, we juggle. We disassociate. We make choices. And it's always, well, that can't apply to me because it's not in black and white, right? But it is if your spirit is moving. You will see principles always in it. You should see the Bible like your newspaper for what God is saying. God is saying it. I don't hear the Lord, then pick up your Bible and read it. And you will hear the Lord. And it's the first step. If you can't see your life in Jesus, in the Bible, 
you can't see your life in Jesus right now. Amen. Because the question is, as prophetic people, as people that live on a heavenly plane looking down to the earth, we should be saying of every part of our behaviour, <clears throat> like Jesus said, of his behaviour and his day, I only do what I see my Father doing. Mm. That means right now I need to look into the heavenlies and look into the heavenlies and say, right, do I see Jesus doing this right now? Now, this isn't being legalistic. This is reminding yourself it's not your life. Yeah. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I'm just a vessel. Do I see Jesus going there right now to that place? Do I see Jesus talking like this to this person right now? Do I see Jesus believing that you're going to, you know, be sick in this area for this many years? No. And if you, if you don't see Jesus doing it, don't do it. It's as simple as that. The woman That's that, how you apply it. The woman that touched the hem of his garment, she was bent over and she was ill. But the moment she touched it, she made her way. There's a pattern on how all... Do you understand? The pattern is there. It's there how to touch him. Make your way. You see? But she made her way to him. He always, people want always for him to make his way to us. Well, he's already done that. He's already done that. Now you need to respond. So it comes to this kind of assessment. This is how, you know, I've always, I've always taught on like, you know, renewing the mind. And Pastor said something this weekend to our church in Sydney and it just lined up with everything I've been learning. I've always thought to renew the mind, I literally have to put down old thoughts, no. put down the old nature thoughts and put on new thoughts in hope of becoming or in hopes of having the mind of Christ more and more every day. Right, so it's basically like I'm cancelling down the demonic thoughts and by choosing to put on those new thoughts, I become new more and more, right? Or I, or I, I get there, you know? But pastor said something to our church in Sydney. She said, the mind of Christ is already in you. Stop trying to put it on. And what that means, now I know the scripture says put on the mind of Christ, but the perfect example is this. The caterpillar is already a butterfly, but in a different state. And all it takes is to go through the metamorphosis that it needs to become the butterfly. It doesn't have to put on becoming a butterfly. It doesn't have to try and become a butterfly. It goes through that metamorphosis. It doesn't have to become state. another life. Yeah, and so this is what the Lord was showing me. He was saying, Nathan, the mind of Christ is already in you. Rather than trying to become new, like, you know, why don't you just, no, Release. rather than, why, why did, yeah, rather than trying to become new, why don't you just let it come forward and put just it on release. more and more? And this is really powerful because as you let the Holy Spirit show you, hang on, do I see Jesus doing that? No. Practically, do I see Jesus speaking to that person like I'm speaking to them right now? Do I see Jesus getting offended like I'm getting offended right now? Because this is where it's got to be your life or his life. You know, and then that's where I've, okay, now this is how that mind renewal can take place. Ah, Jesus, this isn't lining up with what you're doing. So therefore, I'm going to reject this thought 
I'm going to reject this behavior mm -hmm. and I'm going to let what you're doing come forward because it's your life. I'm just the vessel. So I'm going to let it come forward and you're going to live through me right now. And that's where it moves from information to revelation. And, and let's go there to show that in your spirit is the potential yeah. of everything, right? And it's not that you have to work to get it. It's that you have to allow it to be released. Wow. This is the key. The key. The scripture clearly said before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Knew? I knew you. Do you know what the word knew means? I was intimate with you. It, you know, in that place, not sexually, but I was intimate with you. I put all of me in you. Wow. Yeah, you know, this, this is just good. This is great stuff, man. <laughs> I don't have words. It's all landing. My spirit is hearing it. And I'm not trying to sift through it beforehand. But I must say, I, I do have a, a skewed visual uh, through, you know, previous teachings on how to read the word. And unfortunately, I would say my experience in doing it the way that I've been previously taught before this um, ministry has definitely put a wedge in my relationship with the Lord because I've always seen the scriptures uh, used to either promote yourself in a sense or tear down someone else and either one wasn't life-giving like you said it wasn't until I got into this ministry and I, I always say this to you Pastor Tony as well the way you bring out scriptures um, not to make it in a sensationalized way but the way you bring out the scriptures even though you're reading it literally word for word it's life-giving at the same time and it has encouraged me to continually go back to the lord and you know uh try to strip away some of those mindsets of reading the word in itself um yeah that's all i have to say <laughs> guys do you agree in the comments don't leave me hanging here you guys can post comments about anything they're saying. And we also open the I floor. I think they are. I think I they are. They're really uh, making, uh, like the Holy Spirit is not junior. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, that was he's, another he's a before. full Holy Spirit in me. Yes. You know, and uh, they're getting it. They're understanding Wonderful it. Wonderful people. Uh, and when you start to get it and understand it, then you start to release it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then action takes place. Mm -hmm. And so... We have been so much, we have been taught works. It's all about what he put within us and why he put it within us. He did not put it within us for our works, to work for him. He put it in us for us to be his family. And if we move from that place, Pastor, we will not tread under yep. that which was done by Jesus Christ. 
we will not do that and we will not share these things so that people can tread them underfoot. Mm. We will value. Mm. We will value. <laughs> we won't just appreciate, but we will value the lives of men and women, those that were burnt at the stake. Mm. Those, someone like Stephen. Yeah, that's right. Who was stoned to death. Why don't we value even the walk to the cross that Jesus took? He had the heavy, heavy cross and then the Lord gave it to someone else because he stumbled. He couldn't carry it. You know, Pastor, he is the greatest example of life. You don't have to stumble. The Lord's already stumbled and picked up for you. I just want to read something that um, the Lord said to me when I was writing this paper about the difference. Um, and in this, in this part of the lesson, we also talk about the different parts of the mind that have to with, agree with what the renewal is because... There's the, the intellect, there's a part of the mind that's the intellect, there's a part of the mind that's the choice, and there's the part of the mind that's, you know, the will. And so sometimes, here I go again with the process, sometimes your choice will agree with what God is saying. Your will will agree with what God is saying, but your intellect won't. And that's where the battle is. Other times your intellect might agree, but your choice won't. So this is where the enemy tries to... It's like a funnel, you know, the soul. As what God says goes through our soul, it has to pass through all of these check marks. So this is really where that war of putting the mind of Christ on with not letting it be stifled by our intellect because when it doesn't fit into how we see God moving, that's when we let our intellect overpower what God is saying. It might... It might be like welling up within us very well. Like, you know, it might be stirring our spirit. And then that one thought comes of, well, how is this going to happen? And then the how is usually the thing or when or, you know, or what's God going to use or who's he going to use? You know, how's this prophecy going to come to pass? And that's where the intellect of the mind really starts to war against the heart. And this is what I'm learning about. The heart is so much more powerful if we learn to live from the heart. It's so much easier. But the Lord said this to me. He said, Nathan, um, and um, he said to me, my son, I am teaching you through this chapter the power of the new man in your life. You have thought for many years that you are becoming new, but this is the wrong concept. You are already new in spirit. Now that newness needs to overflow into your soul and your body every day. There is a daily metamorphosis that is taking place as you behold me and realize who I am inside of you. You are seeing the real version of you, the one that I had in my heart and mind before time began. I am showing you more and more how to agree with this version of your new man in your intellect as sometimes fear, doubt and pain use your intellect to get in the way of how you see yourself.
Trust in me and keep your eyes focused heavenward. And then I said to him, Lord, something that really stood out to me, because this is two-way journaling, in this chapter was the statement, this is the process by whereby what you are changes you, not what you will become is the thing that changes you. Let that land. What you already are will change you, not what you will become. And this is where pastors say that works mentality is thinking what I will become in the end will be the thing that transforms me. So it, so if we really get this and we really get it, then it's no longer I that live. It's not, why do we not see that word is no longer I that live. No longer I. Listen, why would you not get that, that God is the only one that will live through you? That's the way it is. Why do we revert to works? We've made his word works. And we don't value the lives of such people like Moses, Abraham, all the men who went and all the women and all the children that went through what they did so they could become a part of his story. And they've given us an inheritance. And what is that inheritance? That we are a part of his story. This is really important because it ties in with repentance. Totally. And this is where the Lord is taking the church, not just our church, in 2022. Repentance is the thing that brings his lordship. Right? Grace is the thing that brings his saving as the saviour. But when you repent from your ways, you declare him as Lord. And that is really important for where we're going in as the church because we've been saying it from the pulpit for the last two, three months. It's not just, you know, loving the Lord and living your life. It's loving the Lord and pleasing the Lord with your life. And that's where lordship comes in. So the day that you said, you know, Lord, be the Lord and saviour of my life, he took you at your word. So repentance is the communication that signals his lordship in your life. So it comes down to let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at the stories. That's why they are not parables. And this is where the enemy has come in to devalue, devalue God's word. And even learned men have called them parables, but they are not. They are not. They are not symbolic. They are real. We need to get this and we need to get it fast because... Don't ever say, God doesn't talk to me. 
He talks to you, all right. He talks to your heart. You want him to talk to your head. Chile. Chile. Wow. Say that, Jim, one more time before we go on break. He talks to your heart. But the church, you want him to talk to your head because then it will fit in with your intellect. Yeah. And we know from many times have you have said from his pulpits, seminars, portals, that that is not faith. <laughs> Minus faith. Yep. Wow. You want to please God? Oh, Lord. Be a man or woman of faith. Because mm. that's his currency. Yep. Mm. And, and serious, this will bring us to a place where the accuser cannot accuse God anymore. Mm. Pastor, you said while we were away, here's another clincher. Stop trying to let fear produce faith. That's right. Because it cannot. No. Faith can never come from fear. Can only come from love. Let that land. Faith can never come from fear. It's an oxymoron. The two don't mix. So anything motivated by fear cannot produce a faith response to a movement of God. Amen. It cannot. It has to be birthed in faith. And so whatever that looks like in your life, you've got to really go back with the Holy Spirit and look over. Have I let fear try to produce faith in me? Ooh. Have I let my faith be a result of something I feared? Well, because I fear this, I'll believe in you, God. That's fear that leads to faith. There's no such thing. Oh, Lord. So Help us all. that's a big, big, big contrast in the kingdom of God. It's Satan's faith and his faith. They don't mix. No. The currency of Satan is fear. The currency of God is faith. You can't have the two currencies working together. Right. They don't mix. Wow. Well, we're going to take a short break. Very, very short. We probably, we're, we're not going anywhere, to be honest with you, but we want to at least uh, check in with you guys, audience that has been commenting and just take a second to honor you guys comments i know there was a question quickly about something that you guys just said oh that's what i was going to say earlier during the portals you can feel free to ask the question and if we get around to it in a nice break where we can answer it while we're on the topic so it helps you know everyone in the flow of things and possibly it could help someone else so um, don't shy away from answer, asking questions as the portal is happening as well, and we'll try to make note of it. Um, and if we have time like this to answer it, then we can answer it. But give grace, please. You know, I want to say this, Shania. The Lord's it. really speaking really strongly. And, you know, our eye gate and our ear gate, it has to be transformed. Mm. For what we're hearing and what we're seeing. Yeah. We should not be seeing with legalism. Mm. And when we read the word of God, we illegally 
bring the letter of the law into it. Mm. It is totally reading the word illegally. Mm. Totally. We have to get this. We really have to get this because the Lord God showed that the Lord doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And for us to revert back to the law, we're not valuing the way he said it works. Well, you kind of started to answer the question already just as the Lord is speaking to you because this question is from Joy and she asks, why do we revert to works even though our intellect knows it's not about it, about works? Can I answer that one? Go for it. Uh, the reason why is because it's too simple. We've got to make it complicated. It makes us feel better. The law makes us feel better. And you know what? The law, how does it make us feel better? It makes us feel better because we can take part in that. Touche. She gives her approval of that statement. (laughs) The other part of that, Pastor, is from the understanding what takes place, transformation occurs in the heart. It doesn't occur in the head. So when you're transformed in the heart, your heart has to, com- to communicate that to your head. If you don't believe it in your heart, your head can argue it away. Definitely. So people think that, you know, when God's making them new, he's making them new in their head. No, he's touching here, the yes. core of them, the heart. Now the arguments that have set themselves up against the knowledge of Christ will stand and say, right, we're going to test whether you really believe that you've been transformed in your heart. Because we're going to throw every fact, we're going to throw every rationalistic kind of idea at you. We're going to throw every theory to try and disprove. Because the Lord says, if you believe in your heart and do not doubt it, then whatever you ask will be granted to you. So the head is waiting to argue the transformation of the heart away. Yep. And that's why sometimes we always revert back to works because the head says no. This is too simple. This is too easy. It can't be this easy to just receive the finished work of the cross. There's got to be something I've got to do. It's got to be complicated. The head wants to complicate it. God speaks to the heart. He never speaks to the head. The heart speaks to the head. He speaks to your heart. Your heart brings your head into subjection where it needs to be. Look, you need to see this. We want to complicate it. We want to complicate it. It's too easy. And here's the challenge. If we complicate it, we can avoid being transparent. A break, he says. Let's he break. break. We're oh, going to have great. a break. Oh, okay. Um, break. Yes. Technically, this is actually a break because she's answering a question. But so, if you need to, you need to get out for a second, or you're going. Oh, I thought we were 
going to stop the... <laughs> no, we've already been on vacation. We don't need to go away. <laughs> exactly. We're back. Okay. I'm no, cool. we were just kind of answering the question. The scripture what? that I was quoting was Matthew 14, 14, just so you can understand. It's an easy one to remember. Yeah. But it's the truth. What does it say? The heart is always the place where transformation takes place. And transparency works in the heart, not in the head. Yeah. Hallelujah. Your head can never be transparent, but your heart will always be called to be transparent. Yeah. We were exploring this concept in our connect group because we were all talking about the different pictures, the two pictures. And that kind of came, we came back to the end result of being transparent because we were referring to that portal <laughs> plug. If you haven't heard it, we did have a, a conversation about being transparent, transparency versus nakedness or something like that. It's in our archives on Spotify if you want to listen to it again for a fresh reminder. And what we got out of it as a group and connect group is that transparency the things we are trying to fix, you know, the things we are trying to work at and change and all of that. If we were just, we, were, we came out in the conclusion that the Lord just wants the opportunity for us to be transparent with him, to give it to him, whether our heart believes it or not, to give it to him so he can have the opportunity to answer it. And we don't have to work through, we had the analogy of having layers of clothes, like, okay, well, we, we don't quite believe this one, so we have one sleeve in and this sleeve out. And once, if we could just take off those clothes, he'll expose the enemy. He'll expose the things we don't believe or where we are at that moment, and then he can fix it. And then we won't go through the layers of i got to bring something to you, and that is, in the Word of God, we shop. <laughs> we supermarket shop. For the bargains. For the scriptures that line for up with our agenda. For the bargains. That's how I've been taught. Yes. That's for exactly the bargains. How. We shop. We go to the supermarket. We shop for the bargains. Something that doesn't cost us much. And we, and we pick the scriptures that we want to apply to the success of our life for the moment. Oh, yes. But we run from the scriptures that require vulnerability, transparency, yes. conviction. We don't, we don't let those ones get into our shopping basket. One of we the say, no, I'll come, most, I don't need those ones. <laughs> one of the most important things is being transparent. Yep. If you want to know how it works, that's how it works. Yep. Let God look straight through you and allow others to see Ooh, see, I see what happened was. <laughs> I think I will take a break now. <laughs> Go ahead, you can, Pastor Tony, because we. Woo! Oh, Lord, Sorry, that was my. Every time, no, he doesn't. <laughs> yes, not every time, right? No, that's. I can mute it too. That's exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Mm. I, we again in our connect group. We were talking about being selfish. I know this is kind of a tangent topic and a loaded one, but we were talking about, I, I was telling the girls how sometimes I feel like I'm selfish with my emotions with the Lord and with people. So that's interesting that you say like transparency with God, but with others as well to let other people see it. And I think I struggle in that area 
of being transparent fully with others. Like I pick and choose parts of me that I'll be transparent with other people or even I'll be transparent fully with this person and a little bit transparent yeah, there. Yeah, choice. And, yes, and pick Told and choose. Told you, you're a supermarket shop. Well, I take that Just later. like that to do with going and finding a church. You go shopping <laughs> all the time. There's no value in the Holy Spirit. It's just... I appreciate that shop down the road. Wow. I can buy. <laughs> I got a good bargain there. Wow. And you also said something too when you mentioned uh, um, that we could stop accusing God. And yes. being a part of <laughs> De Deliverance, the Deliverance Ministry, I think that's one thing uh, we, what well, I've seen, honestly because we have a lasting joke that I, I like to get to the root of stuff in deliverance, but a lot of people don't understand that this ultimately results, these behaviors, these mindsets ultimately result in accusing God, ultimately a result in, you know, hate for God. Like when you say those things, people are like, oh, of course not. I don't hate God. Like, why would you say that? But deep down inside, those things can produce that type of fruit. Do you mind, like, kind of elaborating some trails that, that can lead into in accusing God in areas that some might be like, I, of course I wouldn't accuse God. I love God. I love what he's doing. But then it's like... One of the greatest accusations is God will not speak to me. Yeah, that's true. God cannot speak to me. God doesn't speak to me. That's an accusation. Because just open your Bible. He's speaking all the time. You're just not listening all the time. Pastor, he speaks all the time, but we're not listening all yeah. the time. And the Lord would say, I am speaking to you, but if I speak to you, will you like what you hear? <laughs> because sometimes it's not what you want to hear. This is where I really think the key, like, you know, a lot of our people have been moving and growing in faith, but they've been, it's like they've been hitting, it's like a, a, um, a rebound. I get the word rebound mark. It's like where something isn't clicking and the enemy is able to um, accuse and the enemy is able to ensnare and entrap and kind of pull back. And I've been asking the Lord, like, what's this key? Because... There's something that's not lining up. And he keeps bringing me back to this word about if you believe in your heart, here's the key, believe that you have received it. So to me, this is a really big key because we speak all the right words, we sing all the right songs, we testify all the right testimonies. But when we lay our head to that pillow at night, do we really believe are we really believing what we're speaking? Because the enemy is able to come and test it if we believe it. And this is why God will only speak to the heart, not the head. This is why repentance comes from the heart. Sorry comes from the head. And this is the language that the church has to learn. Total transformation. Well, sorry, sorry is a language of self-pity. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry I got caught. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry I, I got, got found caught. Out. Sorry I hurt an innocent man. Yeah, 
Judas, not the son of God. Not the son of God. Never recognizing that it was the son of God that he betrayed. Just calling him an innocent man is not enough. Yeah. And that's why it becomes inward self-pity. Yeah. But I wanted to say that uh, we need to see, because you mentioned about accusing, accusing God. Okay, here's one for you, church. God hasn't spoke to me about my destiny. He hasn't spoke to me about my future. Not true. Not true. Just see through even, even Abraham. Has he spoken to you? Yeah. Through Abraham's example. Has he spoken to you through Moses' example? Jeremiah, I know the plans. Has he spoken to you through Jeremiah? I know the plans that I have for you. To say he's not spoken to me about my future is a lie. It just doesn't speak the way you want to be spoken to. He speaks a better way. This is the key. Go ahead. I believe the Holy Spirit is really teaching all of us that word that we taught in the spiritual armor seminar, congruence. Yes. We can no longer live life where our brain, our, our, our mouth and our, and our mind say one thing but our heart believes another. This is the root of it all. This is why you accuse God, because you don't believe in your heart that you're loved. You don't believe in your heart that you're forgiven. You don't believe in your heart that he's with you. You don't believe in your heart that he's good. So, and, you, but, and you want to believe in your head so you can understand it. All the time. When I hit that one. And this is why a lot of us are hitting this, this double, you know, kind of rebound road because the Bible says... A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that man receives nothing from the Lord. Yeah, nothing. I have literally been reading that verse every day of my course because they're trying to drum into us. Get in agreement. Get your heart in agreement. And stop letting your head talk your heart out of what God has said. Yeah, if God said you're going to have a future, if God said he's going to give you another generation, then it doesn't matter what comes through these gates. Believe it. And stop letting the media, stop letting people, stop letting what you hear on C, on Facebook. Believe it because this is why he's got to clean the church up because the church doesn't believe him. So stop looking at Zeus on the hill and start looking beyond him and seeing the heavens. Can I tell you as a husband, there is nothing more frustrating than when you say, and the husbands online can attest to this, and I'm sure it's the vice versa for the wives. I'm learning about this in my marriage counselling. <clears throat> There's nothing more frustrating than when you say to your spouse, I love you, and they don't believe you. There's nothing more frustrating. You can try and say it, you know, as a husband. When I say to my wife, you know, 
I love you or I'm proud of you or, you know, you're beautiful. When she doesn't believe it, that's the thing that breaks down relationship because that's what I'm asking. I'm saying believe it so that I don't have to keep on trying to convince you. And I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us of the Father, church, believe what God has said in every aspect of your life. Yeah. Believe it and stop doubting it because the enemy is able to come and just rob, steal, kill and destroy faith, hope and love. Yeah. Believe it. And then you won't accuse God. Believe it. And then you won't accuse people, you know, because this is the only thing that you can hold on to in the time that we're in right now. And this is why it's so important to look at the word of God and go, right, they believed it. They saw it. Now I'm going to take that and apply it to my life. I'm going to believe it and I'm going to see it just like they did. And when you say faith, hope and love, then we are describing what the enemy will try to steal. He's a liar. He's a murderer. And he's a thief. What's he stealing from you? Your faith? Another one, Pastor? Your hope. Your hope. What part does he play in that? Well, I believe you taught in counsel by God. That's those right, three I tie did. in, you know, I a did. liar, a murderer and a thief. So he wants to lie to you, obviously, yes. with faith. He wants you to believe him and not, yes. be- and not believe the Lord. So he's going to deceive you. Then murder, he literally wants to destroy your hope. Yes. And kill, he wants to kill every ounce of love in, in you, you for others and for the Lord. So there's that three-part process. And that's exactly what I taught. Yeah, that's I why I asked you that. to do it. But this is really important because, you know, this is why some of us aren't changing. This is why some of us aren't being transformed because we're letting our intellect talk our heart out of the real transformation, you know. And I really want to see our people move into this place where they can believe what God says about them and not have to be convinced. I believe that we believe that we're still the old man more than we are the new man. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. And we would rather live trying to resurrect the old man every day because it's gotta... easier. Habits are easier than transformation. Yeah. Very much. And that's got to fit into our head before we'll believe it. That's got to fit into our head. You know, we still believe that the old man is alive. That's, and that helps us to keep it fitting into our head. Jesus, that just landed. Wow, yes. Wow. If I open my mouth, I might vomit, so I'm going to just be quiet. Hit that. Can I really challenge you with that statement? Because I'm going to teach this in my course. If you look at your habits, it's a lot more comfortable than transformation. Definitely. So some of us don't want to give up our habits because we don't want to have to pay the price to be transformed. It's not that we've got de- demons controlling us. It's not that we've got things, you know, you know, overtaking our emotions. It's just become comfortable. It's really easy to live habitually. Really easy to live habitually rejected. Really easy to live habitually feeling like God isn't listening to you. Because that fits in our head. Ooh, Jesus. Can I stand past the Tony? You can stand wherever you want. 
Hit it first. But it's, it's true, Pastor. We would rather believe that we're the old man than we are the new man. Definitely. Because the new man is too easy. You just got to receive it and believe it. Oh, no, no, no. The Word of God will cause and challenge you to rest from your works because your works will never get you to heaven. And the Word of God is the thing that will challenge your lies that the enemy is giving to you. We're just going in tonight. Look, what did the Lord count as righteousness in Abraham's case? He did not count it as righteousness that even Abraham would give up his own son. He counted it as righteousness because Abraham believed. This is the key. Even Pastor Tony, you're right on time. What did God count as righteousness in Abraham's case? It was credited to him as righteousness, Paul says, because he believed. Not because he was ready to give up his own son. That was just the byproduct of what he believed. He believed the promise. This is the key. This is why the enemy is able to pull us into these cycles because deep down we don't look at the Word of God and see, right, these men of God, they believed God. They had to go through some trials to get there, but in the end they believed. And this is where, like Pastor said, he's coming to steal, kill, rob and destroy. And, and it doesn't fit in your head, your head, that belief is enough. It doesn't fit in our head. But that's the only thing that will please God. The question, the question is, how did God know that Abraham believed him? Come on, bring it out. Well, again, it goes to show that it's God's work. It's, it's an act of grace. God put in Abraham... The ability to believe that his wife would conceive and give forth a son. And that became a reality after that encounter with the Lord when he declared him righteous. Abraham acted out what he believed. That's where the faith without works is dead. And so you can't just say you believe. You have to live what you believe. Amen. And this is where, again, that is the work of God. God will put it in your heart, the doing part of faith. And belief works with what you can't see, not what you can see. Because once you can see it, you don't need to have faith anymore. Because you can see it. So belief brings you to that place while you can't see it. And it won't fit in your head. Wow. It'll fit in your heart. And then your heart will speak to your head. Yep. But still won't fit in your head. <laughs> it's amazing how, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at another portal, but um, God sets you up for faith. Say, uh, get into this. God this sets it. you up this for faith. Wow. Abraham said to the Lord, Lord, what will you give me seeing I go childless? Yeah. He's setting him up for faith. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. And then he goes, because Eliezer, my main servant, is my heir. Yeah. So Abraham challenges God. In fact, he's sort of indirectly saying, well, you've allowed my wife not to have children, so who's going to inherit my estate? What will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my estate is Eleazar? The Lord turns around and says, he will not be your heir, but a son from your own body. Yes. And starts from there. And we don't know what conversations the Lord had with Abraham before this topic even came up. All we know is that God said, leave your father's house, leave your family, and go to a place that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. See how the Lord set him up? Mm. He's barren, and God says, I'm, I'm going to give you children, but you've got to get out of the familiar. And... What he said to him was, while you stay where you are, your father will rule your faith. But if you move and follow me, you will recognise that I am your father. Wow. That was the tradition of the day, that the father was the one to declare what the family believed. So God had to remove him, remove him so that God could show him he was truly Abram's father. Up until then, he was following his father's God. He was. That was the tradition. And if God has to move you, if he has to release you, if he has to stop you, it's because you're following your father's God and he wants you to follow him as your father. Crispy, crispy. Wow, thank you, Lord. This is it. The other question that I want to ask you is, did, Abe, did Adam and Eve have to have faith? Absolutely. Before and after the fall. He said to them, if you eat from the tree, had to believe you God. will surely die. That they had to believe that what God was saying was the truth, and because they, because didn't, they believe, didn't know what death was, because they didn't believe, they were allowed to be tempted, because they didn't believe that what He said was the best thing for them. Yeah, this is the key. Oh Jesus! So it comes down to this, doesn't it? It doesn't come down to works. Works does not bring value. Just does bring, not value the cross. It does no. not bring value to any part of the walk of Jesus in your life. You can appreciate, but that isn't enough. That isn't enough. Appreciation will not bring repentance. Value will bring true repentance from the heart. Wow. And so this is where it comes down to. 
it comes down to this very thing. When you do the work, it makes you feel good that you can understand it. It's your hype. It's your adrenaline rush. I got a rush tonight. I help God. <laughs> you know what, Pastor Robin? I have no words. Sorry, I just sneezed and, and, and delivered myself. <laughs> I'm trying not to go, what is it? Voyeur, the voyeurism. Voyeurism, yeah. Because you read these things, just like you're saying now, I want to try and apply yeah. what's being said. And live the word. Don't be just hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. This is the key for everyone in America and the world. So I want to ask a guiding question here. What is the sign that you truly believe God in your heart? What is the fruit? What is the fruit that comes? How would a believer know that they truly believe God in their heart, their soul, their head? All parts, all congruence. Mm -hmm. What would be the evidence? They see hope in everything they're, they're doing. They see God and his hope in everything they're doing, his love. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that circumstances will be according to what they expect every Circumstances time. will never line up with yep. those three things. Yeah, because we're told that... Those three things will line everything up. Yep. We're told that the patriarchs died not having received the reward. Yep. They died in faith. And they're considered heroes of the faith, and yet they, like Abraham, died without his children inheriting the land. Remember how God told him your descendants will inherit the land? He didn't even own the property he lived on. He owned a burial property, which he bought, but he was a nomad. He never owned any land that he pitched his tent on. Mm. Ownership only came after David and Solomon. Okay. I want to add something because I, I, I have an that answer. that question. You, that was a leading question, it was a leading wasn't question. it? It was a leading question. But I also think it can apply differently to people and where they're at. Yeah, different levels. But there is an overall because this is one of the things we covered in, you know, heart physics, the course, learning about how do I know that I'm living from my heart and not my head? Oh, okay. That's a different right? question. And meaning, how do I know that I believe God? Now, scientifically, I'm learning the heart is so much more powerful. The heart has an electromagnetic field that extends out three and a half feet. And when you live from your heart, you can literally pull into alignment the organs of the body. You can pull into alignment the cells, everything that's out. So I'll, I'll, I don't want to get into that because I don't want to sidetrack. This is what I believe. When what you feel, think, and believe all line up. All line up. Amen. What you believe is the same thing as what you think and what you meditate on, which is producing the same feelings. And half the church is in trouble because they feel Completely One different way and from what they believe. Act Ooh. a different way. Well, and they think completely just. different things from what they feel. So when one, two, three. So they have to line. Line up. You'll know you believe God. Because so your feelings three will line up with your thoughts. Your thoughts will line, line up, up with the meditations of your heart. 
Yes. I think that's really, really important for people to understand. Yes. I mean, without getting into it too deep, because I know you're going to share it in your, your course, right? There are times when your feelings are deceptive, mm-hmm. where the promise doesn't feel like it's coming through. What do you do with those feelings? That's when you've got to say to your feelings, no, in my heart, I know what I believe. So the heart now is heart the key. produce new feelings. And I think you've got to go be even beyond that new point. New feelings? Yeah. I think you've even got to go beyond that point. In, point. You know, it's not always saying to your heart. There has to be a place that you come to that you know all that you are is enough, is enough and is in you. Whoop. He's put it in you. So nothing has to be put in, but it needs to be released out. And that's the key here. You are talking mindsets of the past. These mindsets are of your making. Oh, what did you say? You said, I've got to quote you, because you were on fire when you said this prophetically about the mindsets of the past. I literally wrote it down because now, (laughs) please pull it up. Okay, because this literally, okay. Wait, I've got to write it because I have three pages that I wrote. These mindsets are of our own making. Yeah, here it is. You said that which was planted in you will be the only thing that launches in you and launches you. Everything else you put there, God didn't. Yeah. Woo. It's Talk and you see you, you are resting back on the mindsets that you created. Woo. You see, I believe in wouldn't that? No. I believe to me the key is that all of him is being put in me. Yes. Okay? Do you understand? And I don't, if I must get to a place where I believe that and not have to keep telling myself and coaching myself for this. So, you know, what does that entail? You see, I teach abiding in Christ and therefore He is in me. I'm His temple. If I see that, I live out of that. And I don't have to keep telling myself. It will line up. Even when it doesn't look, here's the key. I'm not saying, because people get the wrong picture of emotions having to line up with things. I'm not saying you have to be happy all the time and positive and you're not going to curse now and then and you're not going to get angry and get offended. It's what is going on during that. It's what you're meditating on during that. You know, I've seen like firsthand, I've seen Pastor Robin be in a position where her emotions can really, really want to fire in a way that leads her away from her identity and what God has put in her. But I've seen her in the middle of the toughest moments, let like a sponge herself be squeezed and just let Jesus ooze out. And when Jesus oozes out, it's not, it's not, it's not all 
hunky-dory flowers and sunshine. It's, I'm working through this, Lord. You're getting me through this. You're getting me through this disappointment. You're getting me through this hurt. You know, and it's like a communion that's taking place in the moment. It's a David moment. It is. It is. It's, Where it's are not, you in this? It's not, oh, okay, Jesus, well, you're so good and I praise you and I don't feel anything at all because that's just denying your feelings. It's, it's responding to what you're feeling and saying, okay, Lord, you're working me through this. You're oozing out of me right now. There's a lot of you coming out right now and I can feel it because it's overtaking my, my old man response. Yeah. And I have seen that. I have seen that. When you start to feel that power of God in the moment, overtake your old man response and you realise what you would have done a year ago versus what you're doing right now. And so I want people to get that picture. That's what transformation feels like. And it's it, not Disney transformation. And, and the old man response. Let's talk about the old man response. Is there a response from the old man? Thank you. Or is he dead? So why are you trying to resurrect the dead? Why? The Word of God clearly says it. He's dead. And when he says he's dead, he's dead. Stop trying to resurrect something that's dead and maybe allow something that's alive flow, yeah, to flow up. within you, yeah. through your spirit, affect your soul and heal your body. That goes back to what we said. We would rather believe that the old man is more alive than the new man, you know? Well... We seem to be more familiar with the old. <laughs> the new way of thinking takes <laughs> a little bit. That's an excuse. The new man takes a little bit <laughs> Just of obedience. It's the only thing that's alive. Yeah. You want to be familiar with death? No. There's only one death you're to be familiar Listen, with. And that one who was... Died on the cross. That's the one you should be in. So, no, no, we can't use this as an excuse. Can you imagine Paul using this as an excuse for resurrecting the dead? Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. The the, the default is... It's From the to cross onwards, to I glory. Go to the familiar than it is to the the new territory. Well, and what do I do here, Lord? What do I do there? Though? But, but she said, when but you're past, doing we're, we're that, the lie that the old man is still there. Let, let me yeah. say this, Pastor. Here's the picture. When you are doing that, you're going back before the cross. You need to come <laughs> to the, the cross. <laughs> And move forward. You need to come to the cross and move forward. It's from the cross onward. Paul said, there is nothing in me now. I glory from the cross onwards. He never wanted to resurrect that dead man that died. And in my... In my course, Pastor, they say the two reasons why we accuse God 
And the two things that it always boils down <laughs> Good to... Good on you. The two things that it always boils down to that we don't believe is that the father is good and the finished work is enough. Yeah. It's always those two things. Yeah. It'll always boil down every accusation you've ever accused God will always come back to those two main pillars. God is not good and what Jesus did is not enough. And uh, someone just said here... How do we stop resurrecting the dead? You can't have dead and life in the same place. All right? Realize that. You're dead and he's alive. You're dead, 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 dead. The best thing you need to do is declare you're dead. That's how you don't resurrect the dead anymore. And by the way, we don't resurrect any dead. It's the power of Christ within us that resurrects the dead in anything. But the old man is dead. And you constantly, we look, look in the Word of God. That's every time... In the Old Testament, that is exactly what Father God was trying to teach them. Yes. I am your father, Abraham. Do not follow your earthly father's traditions anymore. Move out of that house and follow me and I will make you a great nation. Something your father can never do. Do you get it? Yeah, I do. It's this fallacy that the old man is still alive and we believe it. So in that moment the, where you... Okay, how do we say this? In that moment, in the everyday moments where you... Pastor, give me your eyes because I want to get your soul on this. Um where you feel like not the old man is coming up, but where you feel like the enemy is trying to remind you, deceive you, that you, that lie to you, that the old nature is coming up. What do you do in those moments? To Do you verbally say, old man, you're dead in me. Now, new man, come no, forward. I just tell the devil, you're a liar. Okay. You're a liar. And sometimes they say, well, thank you for telling me that. Now I know how much Jesus lives in me. I, I really don't want to thank the devil, but sometimes his big mouth puts him in places where he needs to be told, you're a liar. Yeah. And now you just confirmed you're a liar because Christ in me is the, is hope, the hope of every situation not just some. Mm, mm. And I like it this way, by the way, yeah, Pastor. Yeah. I like it this way. I, I'm a type of person that grew up as a, a rejected person, so I never had great pride and great anything in myself. Yes. I was worth nothing before I met Jesus. That's what I thought because of my lifestyle. So it wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't hard for me. It was, hey, somebody 
wants to live in me and make it worth it. And that's, to me, that's the best. Christ in me is the hope of my life. And he's also the hope of your life. But you can't live in you and have Christ live in you. <laughs> one must die. <laughs> or one must stay dead. You get it? Those that are sitting here, you can't have the two. Yeah, he won't share the glory. Yeah. That's part of it too, Pastor. That's part of it. You know, these works makes us feel good. A pat on the back at, you know, wow, look what I've done to help God. Oh, my God. I won't say anymore. You can help the Holy Spirit get you ready for his coming. Yeah, the Lord said to me a statement when I was journaling. He said, um, he said to me, I want to show you how abundant and simple it is to live life fully yielded to the Christ in you. Yielding is the easiest thing to do when you trust the one you're yielding to. And that really started to start a process of why don't I find it easy to let that new life of Christ come forward? Because there's so many, so many facets. One is I like the control. Another one is I like helping God along because it makes me feel like I did something. And another one is I really don't trust the Lord. I think it comes again to another statement. The statement is who died? <laughs> Whose kingdom is it? Ooh. Go there. Whose life is it? Whose life is it? Yeah. Whose blood ran? Yeah. 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 Who died on the cross? Yeah. Who bled? Yeah. Not me. He bled for me. Yeah. Wow. I didn't bleed for me. He bled for me. So I don't. You know, I'm just very appreciative that I get to be a part of this family, mm. his family. Do you understand that? Mm. And therefore, I don't have a problem in letting him rule and reign in his own kingdom. It's his kingdom, his domain. Do you get it? And you just said the, the king there. has his own domain. I didn't have the plan. God had the plan. Holy Spirit is activating the plan. Yeah. Jesus died for the plan. It's all about him. But you just said the key there. You're more than appreciative. You're grateful. Gratitude. We talked about this in compassion. Grateful. Totally grateful. Gratitude is the is the frequency of receivership. Yes by what you're grateful for will be the opening for what you receive. So if you're grateful for that abundant life, then you will receive Amen. an abundant life. You know, more than appreciate, you value. You know what I'm saying? And this is where value the finished work of the cross. Yeah. Value what you read in the Bible and don't just look at it as accounts. Yeah. Apply it to your life, transfer it from information to revelation. And I value that God wanted to show me all these steps that he put there 
that I can walk on in life through people's lives. I value, I know he had pitfalls, but I value Abraham. I value Moses. Look, I've learned to value Job. <laughs> and I certainly value the Apostle Paul. Now, he's pretty heavy on women, and I value him. Wow. That would just whoosh, word just flew out. Today, what do you want to do from here? Nothing. I just want to go home. And talk to <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> I want to go home. I want to go home. Why do you want to go home? No, I'm just kidding. You're doing this course. Because the news is All these good, wonderful things. This is where we squeezing and Jesus is oozing out. Who started this in the first place? Not Ooze my out. works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that's one thing I can say. Um, this this process, actually, this course in all transparency. See, I ain't going to pick and choose who I tell this to. I'm going to tell it to all y'all right now. Y'all about to get in my business, okay? Um, <laughs> don't do that, Pastor Robert. Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, this course has been rather difficult. And I, I expressed this when I was going through foundation. It's like when I'm learning the word, I go through this battle you know, and of course, some of that was from previous history and just understanding. But I really, really start to go through a works battle when I'm learning the Lord. And I oftentimes feel like I'm robbing myself or allowing the enemy to rob me of that enjoyment of the word. And these even starting this course, I've been starting, stopping, starting, stopping because I've been feeling like, OK, Lord, one thing they say that st stands out to me a lot in this course is not to study the word for just memory verses. And yeah, you get memory verses to, you know, learn, but not to study the word, but meditate on it. And it's similar to what you're saying, Dr. Robin, it's like applying that word, valuing that word. And I must say, me reading the scriptures, starting the course is much different. I'm starting to see areas of grace that I've never seen before. I'm starting to see the Lord show himself, and they're bringing that out too, what you guys said about the Old Testament. It's all about God showing himself as the Father, where in the Old Testament, I always learned it was the harshest part. So, you know, most of my Bible study was just read Proverbs and Psalms and feel good about it, you know, <laughs> and apply it. And maybe some Matthew, only the good parables, you know, that you can apply to your life to make you feel good. So I was resenting. feel good. Yeah, I was resenting the scriptures for that. Um, and, you know, maybe there's an area of repentance in that in itself. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working with the Lord to really value this in that way where it's not my works of how I perform. It's the transformation that he wants to do through this starting work that he started already. So Amen. it's landing for me. It's just a So lie. the word is definitely value. Whatever value. God is doing in you, yes. Holy Spirit is working as you, the temple. Mm. Value it. Yes. Value it. Mm. Courses are to be valued if mm. God gives them to you. Yeah. Because it's course. another way of him speaking. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. And Pastor, you said something last night with Pastor Natalie that I think will wrap this all up. You said a statement and we had it as pinned as on our chat because actually last night we need to give honour to our member Janelle. Oh, who amazing. Shared on communion. I don't think people understood how revelatory what she said was. And the price she paid. Coming from a Seventh-day Adventist background, she's been persecuted very badly for her faith from her, her own family, you know, because to leave that kind of, you know, faith is really, really a big deal. And then she got on the stage last night and she said the goal, well, she said the end result is not eternal life. Yeah. It's not heaven. It's communion with God. It's intimacy. And then Pastor Nally said something. Oh, she was good. She's very wise, you know, Pastor Nally. Oh, very wise. Pastor Nally, can you come up here and say it? Come on, on. Nat. Where Where are are you? you? Because you need to say it because I'm not stealing your thunder. Come on, you can have my seat. uh, And I made sure I didn't steal her thunder. I said it last night. It was her word. Yeah, because... Sometimes she just says some things and it just right. just comes Somebody out of nowhere tell her. and it just ties it in and you're like, where did Somebody you get that from? Tell her. Got it from heaven? Yes. Tell her, please. But she said this and it really, really sums up a lot of what we've said tonight because um, it, it ties in with performance, it ties in with the intimacy, it ties in with believing God, it ties in with applying it and not just reading it. You know, it ties in with it not being spiritual voyeurists where we look into the vulnerability and spiritual experience that someone else has had just to read it and not have our own. That's what a spiritual voice does. They look and they just read it and they experience it. No, they don't. They never have their own experience. And so when I read the Bible, I don't want to just look and see their experiences. I want to experience my own of what they've had. So Pastor Natalie, is she coming up? She's coming. Come on, she's got to say this because it's going to tie While she's coming, let me say this to you, that when we continually look for eternal life, we've lost the true message. Because the true message is this. He calls us his family. Family, fellowship, commune together. We went away and the kids sat with us in the hotel that we stayed in, we had adjourning rooms and uh, we didn't have to go out to water parks and everything to communicate. That was the byproduct. That was the overflow. But the real time was just being in the apartment, talking to family from Australia, talking to family from America, talking to our own personal families, right? Do you understand? That was far more important than the byproduct. I see, I see eternal life as the byproduct. And I want to say, from a prophetic perspective, 
we didn't go into a room and shamana, 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 Lord, we need to hear you. You know when God started speaking? When we were around the breakfast table and Zeke was crying and Karen was playing and Levi was asking questions and there was a whole lot of family dynamic going on and the Lord said, right, now I'm going to speak. And that's when he started landing in each of us new revelations. And I loved that because the prophetic has been given this look as the prophet, you know, goes up to the, the most holiest of sanctuaries and sits there and does the religious rhetoric. No, God... Got, he got into our mess of family. He got into when the whole, everyone was talking over one another and everyone was just being family as families do. And pastor said, right, I've just heard the Lord. And, and let me see. That's true family. That's powerful. That is when Ezekiel was saying all the time, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's when he started to speak. Yep. Prophetic. That's when he we realized that giving him the iPad, we shut him. We said, this will keep you quiet. Yeah. We repented because we gave it to him originally to this keep him quiet. This will keep you quiet. So now he turns to that to express himself and communicate. So every time now we take it, we have to say, right, we're breaking the power that we gave the, this device <laughs> over you. Because we did it as a result of, oh, well, this will keep you quiet. And, it, and as parents, we gave that authority to that device and to be his voice. And when we were family. Learn parents, don't do when it. When <laughs> we were family in that confined space. His voice came forward. Oh, my. Did his voice come forward? Did it come forward? It just kept coming and coming. I value my Lord for that. I value him for that. That little boy, you know, I value him for that. I value him for giving me eternal life as a byproduct of my relationship with him through communion with God. But if God didn't offer heaven, and he gave me himself here on earth, would that be suffice? That's a big statement. Because I know that there is a, a, a lady years ago, I think you might have remembered her, uh, she had short blonde hair, and uh, she sang that, if heaven... That might have been her. She said that. She said, would it be enough? Yes, it would if I could live with Christ on earth forever. Because I value my family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I value them. Wow. They are my family. Are they your family? Because they are my family. I have a very big family. Go ahead, Nat. You're going to come, come on, up here. Come on up here. That's fine. You can say that. No. I thought she was going to say. 
share with our portals audience the statement that came straight from heaven that you said yesterday to do with what we do in order to um, yeah, just yesterday we were talking about, um, I guess, how we can sometimes get benefits. Um, and um, just straight away, I felt like a lot of the time um, we, we teach people to do the right things so that you can get a good result instead of just having that relationship with Jesus. That's why we do it. And so, yeah. We do the right thing to get a good result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like if I learn to do the right thing in order that you have like a better Christian life or in order that you, you know, can receive something more enjoyable in your Christian life or something more, you know, or be used by God. Whereas it'd be better just to, we, we would be better if we were to learn the right thing just in order to have that closer relationship with the Lord. Amen. We need to whack, whack, whack. We need some free whack, whack. Because I wrote it down. We teach people to do the right thing so they can have a better result, not have better communion with God. The right thing should always be leading to more intimacy, not the best result. And eternal life sometimes <laughs> becomes the escape. This is it. Are you hearing me? Because we'll do nothing until we get to heaven. Well, I got news for you, church. If you don't get it here, you get nothing up there. This is where you're trained with relationship with your father. Don't wait till you get to heaven. But you might not get there. All right. This has been a portal to welcome us back. We've been going without a break. Shanae is gone. She's in the fifth, maybe the twelfth. So I'm She's in just... the fourth. <laughs> Hang on. She's got out of the third, going to the fourth dimension, but she hasn't quite hit that fifth yet. She's got to translate it and apply it for it to be the fifth. So, does anyone have any questions, any comments, concerns, alliterations, contributions? Because we would love to answer some if you have them. Otherwise, we're going to sign off because we've got to get ready for open eyes. <laughs> so, Sonia says I'm burning. <laughs> what, from a fever? No. <laughs> from Holy Spirit fire. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm sure I have questions. I just don't. I can't articulate them right now. So I'll hold off. I'll let my friends, my family on. Your family. There, there we go. Ouch. Everyone's saying, nothing left. I'm dead. I'm so done. Fire, fire, fire. I'm burning. <laughs> I'm deceased. Crispy. I'm deceased. <laughs> um, okay. I wonder I what guess the I Facebook trolls <laughs> right. think when they see these comments. <laughs> I guess if everybody did, they won't be here next week because you can't resurrect the dead anymore. Oh, I like ah! a man. I like a man.
Amanda's comment. I have plenty of spare parts to bring on Saturday. Oh, that's oh, good. That's a better Everyone way. Is, uh, Amanda. That's, that's a, a better way. way. Of saying it. Yes. Very good way. Thank of you for it. the hope. <laughs> <laughs> now this, this has been has great. Made me alive. It's good thing. Yeah, Celebrate your dead. <laughs> your dead, 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 dead. We still have that shirt somewhere. Yeah. We still want it on the lock. It's been your number one quote ever since you started teaching these courses. You're dead. dead. Wow. We used to say, what would someone do when they walk into this loving environment expecting, like, you know, this amazing, like, you know, <laughs> have you ever religious prophetic church and all they hear from the pulpit is our main leader go, I got news for you. You're, You're dead. dead. <laughs> have you ever been in your life in a situation where you've walked through life as a dead person. Literally? Yeah. No. Because. I know you have. Yes, I have. Many times you've experienced So it. I had to be taught to be alive. Yeah. Not See, to die out, but to be alive. Well, sometimes. And I'm sure if you search out yourself Shania, you might see some of that. You might just see it. See some of what? Just so I make sure we're on the same page. That you had to be taught to, live. to be alive. Get out my journal. It was in my journal. Can I read it to you? No, too? I don't want your journal. <laughs> <laughs> that literally was. Is I, it really? I asked the Lord. I asked the Lord. And yeah. How can... You bring I me live. alive. Yeah. Yep. Well, he already brought you alive, but how can you walk in it? Yeah. Exactly. See, it's the pride that goes before the fall. Oh, Jesus. So Isn't if you <laughs> fall on the rock, the rock doesn't fall on you. Mm. Yeah. That was actually, uh, today. Oh, was that our reading wow, today? Wow, everybody just confirming well, things about life. What about We us? are prophetic. <laughs> Woo! I ain't gonna pick and choose. Not pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> this is All true. Right, I think we have one question. Yes, jo Joshua has a question. He says, "Can you guys expound on the scripture the that says the heart is deceitful above all things, with respect to living out of your heart rather than your head?" Go ahead, Pastor. Come I on, believe Pastor. that is a reference to the heart that is not born again. Yes. Yes. Uh, when you have the Spirit of God within you, you have a heart change. That's right. And so you still have to discern thoughts, but the heart is renewed. It's called the regeneration. So that doesn't, that you're quoting out of Jeremiah, and he was in a period of time where Israel served God, but they didn't have the indwelling of the Spirit. And so they were prone to pride, rebellion. Uh, I'll remind you, I'll counteract that quote with John in his letters. says, he who is born of God sins no more. Amen. That's because his heart has changed. Amen. Now, we're all born of God and we sometimes sin. But it's not because our hearts are making us sin. It's our soul that is 
making us sin. And the enemy, of course. So And pastor in Ezekiel where he says, I will take that heart of stone yep. yeah. and give you a heart, heart of flesh. flesh. And that is that came at Pentecost. Yep. And so that scripture has been overquoted and it's been used to tear down Holy Spirit imagination yep. in the church. And it's robbed the church of creativity and Rima. So let that one go and don't ask that question in a sense because it doesn't apply to you anymore. Your Amen. heart has been sanctified and so have your thoughts. And use the, let the Holy Spirit show you the thoughts that are from the enemy, but don't always question the thoughts that are God's because they come naturally now. It's a good response. Very good. That was encouraging because you said he doesn't need to even question that anymore because it doesn't apply to him. That was written for people that didn't have the heart of the spirit, you know. And we talked about that in that chart where the heart, when led by the spirit, filters into the soul, filters into the mind, filters into the brain, the things of God, acceptable, good, lovely things, you know. But the heart that's not regenerated isn't led by the Spirit. So even the heart has to be led by the Spirit, the Spirit man. They all have to remember those circles where they yep. intertwined. Yep. You know? Can I bring something from the Lord? Now, I challenged you and said... Who are you going to challenge next? Because of your life, it was not hard to, to be dead. But it was more harder for you to be alive. Now, that happens to people here in the service, here in, in Portal's audience. You had to be taught how to be alive. Life dealt you a dead hand. And God took you and made you his family and taught you how to be alive. Why would you want to return to that which kept you dead? Start to live and be alive. And the beautiful part about it, Pastor, the beautiful, wow, she's getting all emotional. The beautiful part about it, Shania, is the one that gives life is the one that lives life in you. And goes for you guys as well. So when you're looking at the past from now on, See and appreciate how God brought you through to life and not always want to live in the past. So from the glory, from the cross onwards, I glory. Wow. My life has gone through the cross. 
It hasn't just come up to the cross. It's gone through the cross. No. It's gone through the cross. Hear that. It's not on the cross. It's gone through the cross. And that's why Paul says, I no longer live, yeah. but Christ lives in me. Yeah. There's because been a resurrection. Paul died through the cross and now lives from the cross onwards. There it is. There it is. You weren't dealt a bad blow. You were prepared for a father that brought life to you. That's the way I look at my life. I never look at, at it as something I should despise. I need to see Christ in there. New picture brings healing. Totally. Totally, guys. Totally. Anyone that's listening from the cross, my life went through the cross and from the cross onwards, I, I live and I glorify him. And if it hadn't been for my rotten life, I never would have met my father, who is my family. Now, can I just make a, a, a side comment on that? And I believe this will help you too, Rob. Mm. I'm sorry, I say Rob because... Go ahead, go ahead. It's wife mode, right? God didn't want you to go through a rotten life, right? That was never his plan. No. But he took what man did. Yeah, but I appreciate it. And he redeemed it. So how much more, I believe, you can see the love of God? He totally. didn't want you to have it, but you got dished it out against his perfect will. Yeah. But he still brought you back into his bosom and his love. But do you know, I totally appreciate it. It made me ready for my father. Hallelujah. It prepped her for faith. You it made bet her it. despise whatever man can offer. Yeah. So you're my family. Mm. Mm. You're my family. We have the same father. Amen. 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 Wow. I think we should give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, let's give it up for our God. That's yeah, you can hit those love. Powerful and healing. Yeah. Healing. Come Come on, on family. That showed us he was our father. We don't just use Abraham's life as examples. It leads us to a heavenly 
Father. Wow. Amen. That's a prophetic word for all those watching that have had their lives that have been dealt not the best. Yep. And even it doesn't have to be, you know, the normal, not the best, like poverty and could be just emotional, you know, withdrawal, emotional abandonment. It could be, you know, indifference in your family. Those things were never from God. But like Pastor said, he's used it to be a stepping stone to set you up for faith, set you up for true identity. Yes. You know? Yes. True identity. And we must not despise even that. Yeah. Because it led us to a heavenly father. Mm, my Lord. My Lord. Wow. We must not. We must not. So That's why it's so important when you read these accounts, these lives and these stories, and you see all of their mess and their vulnerability, see the setup, and then apply that to your life and say, right, my life is just like this. You know, and that will become the revelation. So you and can believe God. you will see how the Father is speaking to you what you need to know, just like he spoke to Abraham, what he needed to know, how he spoke to Moses, how he spoke to Joshua. Come on, guys. How he spoke to Paul from the cross onwards. You get this. And then... Guys, you will see the Word of God, not like a history book, but it's your manual for life. Your manual for life. Wow. I think we should pray. Started off with something new in this season. First, let's end. give God the glory. Yeah, let's give God the glory. Let's Come give on, the everybody. Let's give God the glory. Yes, yes. The comments. Mm. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm going to start us off in something sure. new for 2022. At the end, we're going to pray everything we've said, that truth to be released and applied into people's lives so that they can receive it. So... Please, go for it. Heal the church. Go for it. Pray over us. Oh, Father, we just come to you. We come to you in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. God, Holy Spirit, the one that you work with us to show the love of the Father. And I'm asking tonight that people will not run from their past anymore, but they will see it. It's even as bad as it was, it was a journey to our Father in heaven. Just like Abram left his earthly father and found his heavenly father. Let this be 
a true revelation tonight. And from that, let us know not only that we are family, but he would never leave us nor forsake us. That he is faithful to the end. There is no end. Because even though we speak of eternal life, there is no end. Let us not despise, but let us remember that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. That is the one he's bringing forth as family. The rest is just the journey. Heal us. Heal us so that when we pick up the word and we read it, we will not trample on the example that God has put there for our journey. You, t- you pray now, Pastor. Father, we praise you for your wondrous grace. Lord, you take what man destroys and you make it alive again. And just thank you for the opportunity to know you. I pray for everybody who's listening to this podcast or watching that whatever depth of despising life they've reached, it's your way of making them look to something beyond this world. Look to a love that's perfect. A love they find in you and in the Son. And we are grateful, Lord, for that. Only you know what is good. Only you are good, Lord. And now, Lord, thank you for imparting that goodness through Christ Jesus into us so that we may stand before you blameless as sons and daughters, as family. We thank you, Lord, for your great love for us. Jesus' name. Go ahead. Yes, Lord, I continue to just thank you for this portal and what you have released from heaven tonight through your servants and through, Lord, your vessels here and for everyone listening and watching and for those that will listen again, Lord, when the time, Lord, comes. I just thank you, Father, that what we have, Lord, is already, Lord, everything that we need, Lord, to be like you is already in us. And I thank you that you're teaching us, Lord, that, Lord, we are not, Lord, becoming new but lord you're putting we're putting on that christ that lives within us letting it release through us every single day lord putting on that lord for our life every single day and i just thank you father that healing is going to come as a result of this i thank you that lord you're going to change our picture you're going to change our picture lord of what the father's love looks like of what the finished work of the cross looks like so that we can, Lord, base every, Lord, belief to say it's enough. It's enough. And that, Lord, our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, and our confession will all line up so that, Lord, we can receive from you the abundant life and not, Lord, rebound back into these cycles of depression and 
rejection and anxiety and feeling, Lord, as if the world has more to offer. Lord, we thank you, Father, that, Lord, communion with you is eternal life. We thank you for that, Lord. Communion with you, Lord. That's what you died to give us. Yes, Lord. And we value it. We value it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was very good. People are saying that they are receiving so much healing and just overflow from this. So I think all we can do now is, if he's awake, bring out our mascot <laughs> and, to and, dance and his if, if there is some that like uh, Shania right now that is receiving this healing, please acknowledge it. Acknowledge it right now. Say, I'm one. I'm one. You're being healed. You're being healed. It's just like the Holy Spirit. Led you to your true Father. Vanessa says, I am one. Allison says, I am one. Kim says, I am one. Stephen says, I am one. Amanda wow. Chris also says, I am one. Danielle says, I am one. Elizabeth says, I am one. Leslie says, I am one. Come on, Lord, heal these people. Come on, bring it out. Make this confession. Virginia says, receiving this new way of seeing my past. Alexandra says, I've received everything you've prayed over us. Hannah says, I am one. Sonia says, I am one. Diane says, I am one. Amanda says, I am one. Alexandra says, I am one. Jonathan says, I am one. Come on, Lord. Thank you. Crystal says, I am one. Celeste says, I am one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Josie says, I am one. Keep bringing them out. It's your confession. Omar now. says, I am one. Wow. Look at this. Wow. Anna says, I am one. Hallelujah. Celeste wow. is one. Yep. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank wow, you, Lord. Victor says, I am one. Hallelujah. Anders says it. Ashley says, I am one. Wow. Zeke says, I am one. Zeke <laughs> says, says, I, I am, am one. one. <laughs> Are you going to say amen? Are you going to say amen? Say amen. Amen. Zeke. Ezekiel. Amen. He's so excited. Look at him. Amen. Amen. Joy says, I am one, too. Stephen Amen. says, I am one. Amen. Amen. All right. You ready to dance us out, Ziki? Here we can go. Can we just first see if we can get him to say amen? All of us say amen. 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 <laughs> amen. He's too excited. Here comes the others. Ready to dance this out? Come on now. Hey, yes. Come on, guys. Come in front where you can be seen. Amen. Amen. 
everybody. We love you. We do. Go to the Open Eyes Facebook page or on Talk TV depending on Facebook had us off for the Open Eyes broadcast, which will start at one o'clock. Wow. Our time. I don't know what time that is in Sydney, but 1am Eastern Standard. It's a late night show. Get ready for uh, Pastor Robin to expose and encourage. There's some encouraging things. Oh, some big revelation. Turning point. Dr. Light is back. Back, back, back. We back. God bless you all. We love you. Have a great night. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Shania. You are so becoming so transparent.